Life Audio. Hey there, and welcome back to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today's episode is a special one as we tackle a topic that's close to the hearts of many during this holiday season, and that is navigating festivities when your parents are divorced. I am really, really thankful to have Kent Darcy joining us again today because he can uniquely shed light on this and offer hope and counsel. Kent is not only the founder of Adults with Divorced Parents Ministries, but he's also a licensed professional counselor based in Southeast Michigan. He brings a wealth of expertise and insight to our discussion. Kent is also the author of the empowering book, Choose a Better Path, Overcoming the Impact of Your Parents' Divorce. And if that's not impressive enough, Kent and his wife, Kathy, have just celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary. They have three adult kids, providing him with unique perspective on the challenges and triumphs of navigating family dynamics over the long haul. So without further ado, I invite you to dive into this important conversation with Kent Darcy, exploring the nuances of holidays with divorced parents and discovering practical ways to make this season a little brighter for everyone involved. I'll be right back with Kent after this short message. Welcome back, everybody. I am really, really excited to be having this conversation right now. Kent Darcy is back with us again. I talked to him earlier this fall about just the impact of divorce on, you know, on the children of divorce, no matter how old they are or how old they were when the divorce happened. And it was so insightful and so helpful. And his book, Choose a Better Path, I have passed around actually to several people. It has been an amazing, amazing help. I've, I've referred him to a lot of people and I am very, very eager to dive into a conversation today about navigating the holidays when there is this grief, this brokenness that you're dealing with and and how you can still truly enjoy the holidays and truly allow the the healing and the and the hope that comes through this to to overwhelm you. So, Kent, welcome back. I am so glad you're here. It is just a pleasure to be here with you, Leslie. Well, I really, really appreciate your ministry. I appreciate your insight. I learned so much the last time that you were here, and I really look forward to diving into this. I think it's it's a timely conversation and a really, really important one to have. Yeah, it's something that we don't talk about because even though it's kind of always there, we just, nobody ever talks about it. So I'm glad right. we have this opportunity. Oh, absolutely. I've Actually, just just getting to know you, reading through your book, looking at your website, the Lord has really opened my eyes to needs that I had just glossed over before. I, you know, we get so, so caught up in our own little world and our own little reality that it's very easy to miss others. And, and so as just a, a believer and a sister in Christ to, to people who have, this has been their life. I appreciate the way that you have helped me, and I am, I, I really appreciate the insight that you give to those who this is their reality to help them navigate big feelings and and I'm sure some things that that they don't know if they're the only ones dealing with. So, 
how are holidays different for the, and I think, you know, there are some practical things that you see, you're splitting time, stuff like that. But, but my, my sense is that it goes a lot deeper. So how are holidays really different for those who have divorced parents, even, you know, those that have their own families now? Yeah. Before we, I want to just lay the groundwork because again, when we talk, if there's somebody didn't hear the last time, as we talk about this topic, it's really important to understand that we are not bashing divorced parents. Yes. That's not my ministry. I mean, the, the Bible's very clear. We have to honor our father and our mother. So when we're talking through these difficult issues, it's not bashing. So if you're listening and you're divorced or whatever, relax. Because <laughs> we're not going to be here just throwing stones at you. That's not what we're about. The other thing that's important to know as we're talking about this is that we are comparing the average person from an intact family with the average person who has divorced parents. We're not talking about you know, the intact family where there's abuse or mental health or something like that. And we're not talking about the person with divorced parents whose parents can't even be in the same room together ever or super antagonistic yeah. or are always putting them in the middle to in malicious ways. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about this common things that happen this holiday. Everybody's busy. Everybody's trying to balance a bunch of stuff. Everybody's trying to keep people happy. Everybody's trying to just have a nice holiday and have good memories. But one of the big differences at this time of year with people that have a divorced parents is that we are choosing between parents and not between families. And what I mean is that when the holiday comes up, if you have an intact family, basically you're just, your question is, are we going to spend the holidays with your family or my family? Right. If you have divorced parents, you're asking, are we going to spend the holidays with mom or dad? Who gets prime time? Who is first? What's the fallout going to be if we don't quite get that right? You know, and and let's say both of you have divorced parents, then it, it gets exponentially more complicated and people get really stressed about this. I mean, my situation, my dad, I remarried twice. So I had two stepmoms. And because there was longevity in the relationships, 20 plus years, 20 plus years, 20 plus years, they all overlapped. So at Christmas time or the holidays, my dad, my stepmom would come in, then they would leave. Then my mom and my sister would come in and they would leave because everybody was out of town. And then sometimes my other stepmom would come in and then she would leave. It'd be like planes coming into an airport. You had to make sure not everybody was on the tarmac at the same time. <laughs> you know, Sometimes there'd be a two hour difference between the two. And the end result is mental exhaustion. I was about to say that just... The the wear on you because you want to love everyone well, but you're also I would have to imagine there's a little bit of of uneasiness making sure that you're saying the right things. You're not you're not comparing or contrasting or whatever. I I can imagine that really is exhausting mentally and emotionally. Yeah, it gets really it it just is. It, it's kind of interesting because when Jesus came and when the angels came and they spoke to the shepherds. And they said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. And for many adults with divorced parents, the only peace comes when the holidays are over. I mean, think about it. When I talk with people, as Christ followers, many of us with divorced parents can't wait for the celebration of our Savior's birth to be over with. And how sad that is. But I'm so glad that we're able to speak to this because I know this is resonating with some of our listeners. Oh, yeah, I am. I am confident just 
based on when you were on the show before or I put out and asked for questions, the reaction from people and just the the amount of feedback that I got was indicative of how big of a deal this really is and how far reaching of a situation this really is. So I'm very, very grateful that you're, you're here to to really give us some insight as to how how this can be navigated, how it can be really approached in a very healthy way. Yeah. And that's important because it affects roughly 50% of everybody you know as divorced parents. Wow. I mean, so if you're at the grocery store, half of everybody you see. If you're at the restaurant, half of everybody you see. If you're at the Christmas play at school, half of everybody you see. And that includes Christian schools. It's not just out there in the world. It is in the church as well. And it's something that affects a lot of people, but nobody's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I, what are some of the, I guess the, the primary things that you've seen through the years that people can pay attention to or plan ahead for, or, or maybe even reposition their thinking on that would help them get through this time of year in a much better, more peaceful, more joyful and really worshipful way. Right. Well, one of the key things is that we want to understand first, how is a divorce affecting us? Because I was in denial for decades. I mean, I just, I went 30 years and was like, I'm good. Yeah, the the holidays are a hassle, but I'm good. And then the Lord said, uh, I was at a marriage retreat, and the Lord said, uh, Kevin, you don't get your act together. You're in the same emotional path as your dad. And that scared, scared me to death because at that point, my dad had already divorced twice and was heading towards his third marriage. So the first thing we need to know going into these holidays, and you kind of raised the issue with all the, the questions that came up, is how does it affect me? Yeah. And there's some really good books. Uh, the Long Way Home by Gary Newman's a really good book. You mentioned my book. If your parents waited till they were grown, you were grown to get a divorce. There's a great book called uh, Home Will Never Be the Same Again, uh, Hughes and Friedberg. Now, the Long Way Home book and the Home Will Never Be the Same book are secular books, but they're very, very good on this topic. The other thing we can do with this holiday season is focus on the blessings we do have. You know, First Thessalonians 5, 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Embrace the traditions you have now with your kids, with your family, with your friends. Embrace the love and the laughter. Drink deeply of God's blessings now instead of putting all that concern about what's going on out there. And probably the other really, really important thing to to kind of reframe this season is learn about boundaries. Uh, Doctors Henry Cloud and John Townsend have this book called Boundaries, and it's an excellent look at how do you do boundaries? What are they? Most people think boundaries are not necessarily that good thing, but boundaries are biblical. We see it on page two in the Bible. God said, see that tree? Don't touch it. That's a boundary. But we often, when we get into in relationships with divorced parents and emotions are running high and we don't know how, we're resistant to put boundaries in place. And that really is the key at this time of year. Oh, really good Really good points there. I was making notes, but I wanted to to follow up with you on one of the things that you said, because I think it's very easy to get so focused on that which is wrong, that which is broken or difficult right. or stressful, that we lose sight of all of the things that are wonderful and good and that we have control over. Yes. What? How would you counsel those that find themselves struggling with that? 
Because again, I feel that's the path of least resistance to just dwell on those things that really are out of your control, but that are that make you uneasy or stressed. So how do you counsel people to to refocus on the things like you noted, drinking in the blessings of God and and, and focusing on those things that are good or that are controllable? After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a two-sided coin. One of the things we don't want to do is take all the aggravation stuff and stick it on a shelf and let it stay there until the season's done. And then we just ignore it till it comes up at the next time. We want to make sure we're acknowledging this stuff, acknowledging the grief, acknowledging the sadness, talking with somebody about that. That's really important. And that actually is helpful in moving toward being able to approach the fact that this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, it because when we when it bleeds in, it affects our filter as far as looking at what we do have. So it's kind of that two-sided coin. We want to make sure we're doing both. But a lot of it is just a matter of taking a moment and slowing down and recounting what we do have, sometimes writing it down, journaling. If you're married to somebody who doesn't have divorced parents, Talk to them about, help them remind you of what's going on. Because we're all really busy, whether we have divorced parents or not. This season tends to be rush, 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 rush. What we want to do is take a few moments and sit down and just go, you know what? I am so thankful that, you know, we've got kids that are running around. I'm so thankful that, you know what, maybe I didn't have this, but I'm so thankful, Lord, that you've blessed me with a spouse and kids that we can make sure that what I went through will never happen to them. And just that refocus of this is the day the Lord has made. Look at the blessings we have around us. But we tend to be so busy, we kind of skate through it and we don't take the time to count our blessings. And that's really, really helpful. I counsel people on that often because we don't do it. Stop, write it down, list them, give thanks for each and every one, the little things and the big things. And it can really help. Oh, such a good point. David, my husband, talks a lot about gratitude, and he has told us within our family many, many times, rehearsing all of those things actually rewires the way that you're thinking. It it embeds new trains of thought in there. You can teach your mind to look at things a different way, and it's so very, very powerful, yeah. just the act of slowing down and rehearsing what you're grateful for and what God has done. So I'm I'm so glad that you really focused on that. Here's another interesting idea my wife came up with. They went to a pottery place where you make a pot and they were making cookie jars, but she made a praise jar. And basically what we do all year is we have little slips, little slips of paper. And on those little slips of paper, when something really cool happens, a little God blessing, we write it down. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for that. Oh, this was awesome. Thank you, Lord, for that. And then on Christmas morning, we take the praise jar out and we take all the slips of paper and we give them to everybody there and we read through them. And the amazing thing is how much you forget when you're going through them and you go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And to your earlier question, how do we redirect our thoughts? One of the ways is just remembering all the ways God blessed us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. And yeah, because a lot of the things that are such such impactful blessings for us in the moment 
are often kind of small. We may, they may not be so significant that we're rehearsing them six months down the road, but, but that act of remembering of pulling them out. I love that idea may well steal that idea of, (laughs) of using those blessings on Christmas morning. That is a, a phenomenal time to remember and recall all the things that our precious Lord has done. Yeah. And our first gift is to him. Exactly. That is a fantastic idea. I love it. Well, how can, how can spouses that may their reality growing up or, or, you know, even at present day would be different or friends? How can we really come alongside and, and help those that are dealing with this split or, you know, the realities that are thrust upon them that are, you know, super impactful during the holidays? What are some things that we can do to really encourage and help our friends or spouse in this time? The first thing is, well, probably the biggest thing is uh, James 1 says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And the biggest thing we can do is listen. Be a safe person for this individual. I like to say, that you can, at this time of year, you, know, you can always tell people that have divorced parents. If you're at the grocery store or whatever, all you do is you say, so what are you doing for the holiday? And if they go, they probably have divorced parents. Wow. Just gets complicated. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just that simple. Wow. And what you want to do with in your small group or at the workplace or whatever is just listen. Allow them to share, normalize. You know what? I don't have that background, but I hear that that's really popular and that sounds really sad. And I'm really sorry you're going through that. And after the holiday, step into their world, invite them over for coffee. How was your holiday? And if they, oh, you wouldn't believe what I had to go through, be a safe place where they can share. Because sometimes in the church, we want people to kind of, I call it walking on the yellow line on the street. Instead of allowing them to bump against the guide rails, like we see in the Psalms, like we see with Moses, like we see where they're, you know, Moses said, if this is the way you're going to treat me, kill me. Now, I've never said that to God. I, I just, I, that's a little beyond what I would ever say. And in the Psalms, you know, it's, there's a, I like Psalm, I think it's 73, he says, hey, I'm trying to serve you. And these guys over here, they're rich, they got money, they don't have any fee in it, and look at me. But, so they, so they bounce against the guide rails, but... They come at the end and goes, you know what? But I saw their end. And Lord, I'm so thankful I'm walking with you. So when you're listening to this individual and maybe they say, you know, I I hate my parents, I hate my dad, or I hate my whatever, we don't freak and go, but the Bible says, you know, we need to honor our father and our mother. It's the first time with a promise and everything. We just go, wow, I can't imagine feeling like that. And we step into it and we keep them in the guide rails. We don't let them get over the guide rails to where they're starting to get crazy without God and everything. But we let them do what we see so often in the Psalms. It says we pour out our complaints onto the Lord. Be a person that they can pour their complaints out. Because guess what? The holidays are now, but birthdays are coming. Graduations are coming. Births are coming. Weddings are coming. And they're going to have these struggles with all those. And if you're that safe place, what an amazing gift that is to them. And as a spouse... If you're clueless to this sort of thing, and I'm going to talk to the guys here for a second, (laughs) because we tend to be compartmental and it's not a big deal. We just fix it. Guys, we need to turn off the fix it thing. We need to just listen and ask. I I teach my clients clarifying questions. 
well, when your mom said that, how'd you feel about that? Why? <laughs> and when you step into it as a, as a couple, we bond together and it's healing. So yeah. probably the primary thing I would say is a list set and then offer them resources. I mean, you know, go to the website, hopeforadp.com, where there's all sorts of resources that can help them understand that, guess what? The parents' divorce probably is still affecting them more than just at the holidays. Right, right. Yeah, there's so much, so much there and so much good counsel there for just really helping someone who's struggling through anything. Listening is yes. is still yeah, that, the best thing that, that we can do is just give them. So often you have to process aloud in order to truly get to the other side of it. So yes. to be someone who who can afford them the time and opportunity to do that is a really big deal. So I appreciate your bringing those things up. Yeah, it's really important as far as allowing people to say, when I do a workshop or I do a seminar or anything, I don't really say anything earth shattering or like, what? I just connect the dots. Yeah. We are not allowed. Yeah, I'm going to say that. <laughs> we are not allowed to talk about this stuff. I talk with people who have divorced parents that have never talked to their siblings about it. Wow. They've really? never really talked to their spouse about it. It is not some, even though there's millions of us out there, we all kind of think we're single file, we're an island. And when I talk with people, they're like, wait, this is normal? Wow. You mean I'm not weird? I said, no, no. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, it's abnormal, but it's normal. Um, right. You know, and it's really a comfort to know you're not an island. Yeah, other people are going through this. And yeah, you have the hope of Christ to help you get through it. When you were on here the last time, we talked a, a good amount about really the way that that people are impacted differently when their parents divorce, when they are grown, when they are adults. And even as you were going through there, I thought so often when divorce happens and children are involved, counseling is given, you know, a lot of resources are poured into those kids. But I don't hear a lot of resources being pulled poured into the adults because they're already launched. They're they're on their own by that point. Yeah. So how how does it impact the the individuals who are listening in who maybe their their parents divorced after they were grown? Yeah. And you know, how is that impact different even from those who, you know, that was their reality while they were younger? Yeah, that that's commonly called gray divorce because the parents are older, they have gray hair. <laughs> so we call it gray divorce. One of the biggest challenges, and, and this is really important because you've got probably people listening and thinking, well, you know, the kids are almost grown and I'm not happy in a marriage and, you know, we're going to whatever. It won't be a big deal. At this time of year, one of the big problems is that, that we have history. When the parents divorce, when the people are, when the kids are young, there isn't history yet. You, you're yeah. kind of developing history, if you will. When we're an adult, guess what? Every Christmas, we go to grandpa and grandma's for Christmas Eve, and yeah. aunts are there, and the uncles are there, the nephews are there, the cousins are there. We're all adults. We have adult relationships with them. We are building relationships with them. There's traditions, and we always do this as adults. So when it stops, all this history you're kind of in this no man's land where is it okay to go to grandpa and grandma's house or really mom's house without dad? You know, what do we do? Can we talk to those cousins? Can we not talk to those cousins? 
where are we at? What do we say when our kids go, why aren't we, why aren't grandpa and grandma at the same house anymore? What do we say? Well, they, they just don't love each other anymore. And we're very sad about that. Well, does that mean that you and dad aren't going to love each other anymore? And say this, this whole great divorce thing really opens up. We had a whole program just on that. Uh, We just have to be careful that, you know, what do we do? What's okay? Who decides? One of my favorite quotes is by Stephanie Stahl. She wrote a book called The Love We Lost. And her quote is, we were all comfortable with a very uncomfortable situation. And I love that because that speaks to great divorce. It speaks to the divorce experience, you know, and it's really important that we understand that history is now being rewritten. Right. History is now being questioned. What do we do now with this tradition? What do we do now? And, and who makes those decisions? So it gets very, very complicated with the great divorce situation. And I encourage any of you who are going through this for the first time, um, I mentioned a really good book, uh, Home Will Never Be the Same. Definitely get the book or if it's available in audiobook, get that. I have a number of blogs and podcasts on great divorce. If this is your first Christmas and you're dealing with this, I encourage you to really check that out because it is an unchartered territory. And there's a lot of questions for which if you just kind of go out there. There aren't safe answers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I remember you were talking in the last episode just how how high statistically those gray divorces are becoming. It, it yeah. seems like that is something that is just ramping up right now. Yeah. So this is going to be a reality for a lot more it, I mean, even this year, as opposed to last year, based on yeah. based on the fact that it's happening so much more often, I would assume. Yeah, it's 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 growing. It's double digits. And I just did a big conference uh, a couple months ago. And every conference I do in, at this specific particular venue, there tends to be a theme with the people I talk to. Mm-hmm. The theme this year was great divorce. I ran across somebody who was divorcing after 30 years, somebody who was divorcing after 40 years, somebody who was near 50 years, and people whose parents, you know, college students will be at this because it's a counseling convention, and college students will be there, and you'll look them in the eyes, and they got the call that after they went away to college, uh, when you come home for Thanksgiving this year, uh, dad's not going to be here because we're getting a divorce, and their home is, you know, is shattered. And it opens up a whole different thing that we don't really have time for here. But it is something that, again, listening comes into place. You asked, how can we help? Right. Listen, if you're at the workplace and somebody comes in with tears in their eyes going, and well, what's the matter? My parents, they're getting a divorce. They've been married for 35, 35 years. How can they be getting a divorce? We do not say, well, you're, you're an adult. They're adults. They have a right to be happy. No. We listen and we step into their pain because that is one of the biggest challenges people with great divorce are having. There's nobody to talk to. Normally, when you're in pain, you talk to your parents. That's right. But if you talk to your spouse, you talk to friends, their whole thing is you're an adult. What's the big deal? Well, guess what? We started our conversation talking about holidays. Holidays are now a huge, complicated deal that we didn't sign up for and we are now in the middle of on both ends because great divorce are dealing with their parents. And they're dealing with their kids and they're kind of sandwiched in between the two. And if they don't get the help that we talked about through good resources and whatever, it is very, very stressful. And probably the biggest thing I think I mentioned before 
that bothers me about gray divorce is it creates doubt. Satan comes in. You know what? If mom can put up with that, if dad can put up with that over 35 years, we can make it. But if they divorce after 42 years, Satan comes in and says, hey, they're going to church. If you couldn't make it after 42 years, how are you going to make it with all your problems? Yeah. And Satan comes in with those doubts. And that is just, that was the thing that I think makes me the most upset about great divorce is that doubt that creeps in, that we have to combat with truth. Our parents made choices. We too can make choices. And our choice is to get the information. How is it affecting me? How can I work through that? And how can I bring Christ in to come alongside to bring the healing? Oh, absolutely. Yes, the our enemy uses the same tricks over and over and over again. And they are, it's infuriating when you yeah. see it happening. And so we have to be on guard and we have to take our thoughts captive, whether the situation is prompted by gray divorce or anything else. It's so important that we rehearse what we know about God. We take our thoughts captive and we meditate on that, which is true and honorable and just and and of good report. I have one more thing that I really wanted to talk about before we finish up today. I know our time is getting low, but you you mentioned or you even alluded to this in that last thing that you said. But for those who are who are going through this as a as a parent whose whose parents are divorced, and you know we've talked a lot about how to try to minister to them different ways, how they need to try to, you know, kind of communicate and and think and that sort of thing. But it is a very big reality that they also have to help their kids through this. So yeah. what what are the strategies or or ways that even as they're struggling, they are able to to help their kids navigate through these really difficult waters too? Okay. Couple of things. First of all, learn what your kids are going through. Again, same thing. Listen to the podcasts. Listen to, you know, read some of the blogs and stuff on the website and just learn. The other thing is just follow what they all teach. Separate co-parenting from marital. If we're going through a divorce, the marital part is done. So we want to go to just the co-parenting and co-parenting, good co-parenting skills is child focused, even if your kids are 30 years old. What is best for them? And that means in some cases, sacrifice. So, you know, and what happens is when the marital part bleeds onto the the co-parenting part, the hurt and the pain and and all that stuff from the divorce bleeds in and you end up with the kids in the middle. And all of the people, secular and otherwise, say, never put the kids in the middle. And with gray divorce, often it's the first thing they do because they're adults and they should understand this. So as parents, I would encourage you, if you're going through the most difficult emotional decision, thing in your life, get healing yourself first, Yeah. get counseling, talk to somebody, work through the pain that happens when you have a divorce, but then learn what your kids are going through. Because in a lot of cases, and, and one of the, things, the big surprises when I wrote the book was how well-received it was by divorced parents, because I was kind of thinking, oh, they're going to think I'm bashing parents or whatever. And they found that reading the book gave them a dialogue to talk to their kids about what they might be experiencing. And in a lot of cases, they knew more about what their kids were experiencing than they did because the kids hadn't read anything on it. And it it created that bond to be able to talk. So it's dying to self, keeping the co-parenting relationship separate from the marital relationship and understanding what the kids are actually going through can be a huge help. 
That's so insightful. And so often asking the right questions is what unlocks the the healing, the discovery yes. of what's really going on. And so, so yes, I'm so thankful for your book and the resource that you have created. Can you tell everyone a little bit about Choose a Better Path, also where they can find you again and all of your resources? Because I want to make sure that we're very diligent to point people where they can get the insight and the help that will really be so invaluable as, through this season, but really year round as they're as they're navigating these waters. Okay, sure. First of all, the website is not the Kent Darcy Show. <laughs> I mean, it's podcast and, and and blogs and stuff. But the resources, what I do is I try and find the best resources out there that can help people. And I'll usually, if it's secular, I usually have a little asterisk by it and let people know that it's secular because in some cases that's the best resource out there. So, you know, the website is full of information that can help adults with divorced parents. But the book, Choose a Better Path, Overcoming the Impact of Your Parents' Divorce, is available on the website. It's available as an audio book and an ebook. And basically, great time of the year for this, it's a devotional. It's the only book of its kind that I'm aware of. It takes the adult with divorced parents through the various issues that are impacting anger, unforgiveness, triggers, boundaries, grieving, father hunger, all these issues that affect us that we don't know are affecting us, but it walks it through in a very user-friendly way. They're basically two-page vignettes that cover an issue. There's a period for prayer and a period for journaling and reflection that walks people through the various issues. And then they can come, you know, talk with a counselor, dig deeper and see what's going on. But it's very helpful for divorced parents to learn what their kids are going through. But I also find it's very helpful for those of us with divorced parents because a lot of times when I work with people through the book, they're blown away by just what is affecting them that they didn't realize. Yeah. And as someone who who that has not been the walk that God has called me to, it was so insightful just reading through it and and better understanding the questions or the the ways to engage with friends and loved ones who who are walking through this. So yeah. Even though that is not my reality, I'm so grateful for the resource because it is so helpful as I try to counsel and love on people that God brings across my path. So, Kent, I so appreciate your taking the time to be with us today. It is always insightful and helpful and encouraging. And so I just really appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You all have a very blessed holiday. Thank you. To the rest of you guys, thank you all for spending the time with us today. I am confident that this was a help, hopefully very insightful, maybe gave you some context for some of the things that you're struggling with, seeing that it, you're not alone, that there is someone talking about it. I encourage you to go to Kent's website. We are going to link everything that we've talked about today to make sure that it's very easy. So check the show notes, go over, see what resources he has there, engage in conversation. If you're trying to, to help someone else listen, I would encourage you to get the book so you know different, very good ways to engage with people, questions to ask. It gives you insight into things that they may be struggling with that they haven't even actually understood that that's what they're struggling with yet. So a great, great resource. I highly encourage you to pick it up. Go check out his website. Get Take advantage of the resources that are there. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and a wonderful holiday season. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast 
helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. 